we are so thankful to have you with us today. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. Uh, I'm thankful that uh, in the midst of everything that is going on in our world today, we can walk with a peace and a blessed assurance today. And I'm so thankful for that. I do pray you've had a blessed week in the Lord. I pray that all is well with you and your family and those around you today. But we are blessed this morning to have the privilege to be able to assemble in the house of the Lord one more time and to exalt the name that's above every name. And uh, I'm thankful that it's not just a name, but I'm thankful that I know who he is. Amen. And uh, because of that, we can stand with confidence this morning. So we're just going to jump right to the word. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so this time. And as Pastor Jade mentioned earlier, uh, those of you that are busy with us, we say a very special welcome to you this morning as well. But uh, those in the sanctuary today, I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter number 4 is where we're going to go this morning. I, it may be a little different today than may not be screaming and preaching at you this morning. Uh, we'll just see what God has for us. But I want to build your faith this morning if the Lord would help me. Uh, and I'm going to issue a call to you today, a very simple call. And uh, I'm just going to call you to believe the word of the Lord this morning. Everything that is transpiring around us, we are probably in this nation this morning find ourselves in a time where we have never been before on many areas and fronts, but we are receiving more disinformation in this nation than we ever have. Every three minutes somebody has a new source and they have a new line of thinking and this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen and can I tell you that nobody knows what's going to happen except for Jesus Christ and those of the remnant that are seeking his face because we are not in darkness that's what the word of the Lord says. Word of the Lord says that he reveals that which he's getting ready to do in the earth to his people. And therefore he tells us if we will have ears to hear. But how many know sometimes it's not just enough to hear, but you have to believe what you hear. Okay? So this morning I'm just going to simply call us to believe today. And I want to show you the power of faith. Now, we find ourselves this morning going to jump into a familiar story, and, and we'll just we'll walk this thing out. And, uh, but most of you, under the sound of my voice, are familiar with a man by the name of Abraham. But in Romans chapter number 4, we're kind of recapping his life just uh, in a very quick manner. And it simply says in Romans chapter 4, verse number 3, it says, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness, meaning that the Lord saw him and said he's right or he's just. But then when you go to verse number 13 of this same chapter, we find, 
for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay? Then we go to verse number 20. He, being Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and been fully persuaded that that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now, there's a whole lot of things we could preach concerning this passage of Scripture, but notice verse number 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, all of you probably are somewhat familiar with Hebrews chapter number 11. It's called the faith chapter. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report, and through faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, when we look at these passages of Scripture, first let me say to you that the second word of the gospel is believe. The first word is repentance. But the second word is believe. Now, if you believe, it means simply this, that you put your trust in, that you put your faith in, or that you confide in something. But in order for someone to truly believe, they must have faith, meaning this, that they have a firm persuasion that what has been told to them is absolute, or it is authority. I want to make this statement very clearly this morning that the word of the Lord is the absolute truth. It is God's living word to you and I this morning. Jesus, when he came, it's important that we understand that he preached repentance and he preached faith. Mark chapter 1, verse number 15 makes that very clear. We also know that when Paul came and began to minister after his Damascus Road experience, that he also preached repentance and then he preached faith, faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is the very foundation of the entire Christian life. That's why in Hebrews eleven six it says, he that comes to God must believe. There can be no spiritual house unless there is a spiritual foundation, and that foundation cannot be unless there is faith present. We go on a little further and we find that in Romans 1 and 17, it says that the just shall live by faith. We also find those same words in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 4. Nothing can be known or received from God unless man first believes in his existence. I want to ask you this morning... Do you really believe? See, today we're trying to find 
an end of a lot of things, but you and I this morning must understand that the only source for true biblical faith is the Word of God. It is not the opinions of men. We find that in the beginning was the Word, John 1 and 1. We find that we're simply talking about the Logos Word. It is the written Word of God. We also know that the Word of God can also be talking about a rhema word. It is the spoken Word of God. But I want you to hear me this morning that faith comes by hearing, but what are you got to hear? You have to hear the Word. So if you are not a man or a woman that is not pursuing the Word of God, you are a man or woman that will never come to faith. You will be a man and woman that walks with hope that fluctuates like a roller coaster, but you'll never walk in faith. Therefore, today, you and I must understand that if there is no word present, there can be no faith present. And that's why in the midst of everything that's going on in our world, I have to instruct you and tell you that it's more than a shout. It's more than an emotional message. It's more than somebody feeling goosebumps on their spine. It's about getting a generation to come back to what does God say. And the only way you're going to know what he says is if you become somebody that goes to the word of God. And I I will be honest with you this morning. He is faithful to those that will go to his word. See, you can stand and you can listen to your favorite news broadcast or or whatever, and and in this culture, you're you're going to turn it off and you're going to say, man, I feel worse than I did an hour ago. But you can go to the word of God, and when you get done reading, you can close it and say, you know what, I feel refreshed. I feel wonderful. Why? It's because the word begins to come and build your faith while everybody else is tearing everything down. We are in a place right now where we need to understand that Abraham is an amazing example of what it is to walk with faith. In order for you to understand Romans chapter 4, you have to really go back to Genesis chapter 12. And the first four verses of that chapter are the following. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So notice verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed. God didn't tell him how. God didn't tell him when. God didn't do anything other than say, listen, I'm telling you, if you'll trust me, I'm going to do something extraordinary in your life. Now, he had to make a choice. Abram had to make a decision to leave everything that he had known, had to leave his father's house that was nothing more than a house full of idol worship, and he had to begin to follow after Christ. Now, the the same is for you and I today. We're going to have to make a choice. Either we're going to continue to live in a house of religion that men has built and continue to bury our loved ones, continue to see our nation go down the tubes, continue to see evil expand and gross darkness get darker, or we can begin to walk back to the word of God and say, you know what, I'm going to put my trust in him because I know that he is the one that is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly what I could ever ask or think. But you got to have faith. 
And this morning, while everything seems to be wavering, I can tell you one thing that's not wavering, and that is the king of glory. You and I today need to understand that the word of God comes in a variety of ways. Uh, Let me give you just a couple of them. The word of God comes, we find it in Genesis 1, the word is spoken in creation. But also we find in 2 Peter chapter number 1, we find in verse number uh, 20 and 21 that it simply says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the, or let me back up a little bit, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you this morning, that there is still holy men of God that operate in the prophetic realm and they are not moving uh, in themselves, but they're moving by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And just because it don't look right doesn't mean it's not right. Now, I understand that there's false prophecies, but I also understand that there is a remnant of God's people that God is bringing his word to the forefront in through a prophetic movement. And you and I today are going to have to make a choice. What are we going to believe? Now, just stay with me. We're going somewhere, I promise. We find that we also know that the word comes in written form, the logos form that I mentioned a minute ago, and we know this, that all things concerning him must be fulfilled, is what the word of the Lord says concerning Christ. But it also we know this, that it is that it comes in a living form, in Christ himself. But what I really want to focus on this morning for a few moments is the manner in which Abraham manifested faith because it is in that manner that you and I this morning need to begin to manifest faith in this present hour. Hebrews 11, verse number 8 through 12, we find the following. Simply says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went, But by faith he sojourned into the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. And it was through faith also that Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised." Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore that is innumerable. What am I saying? When someone begins to walk in faith, it makes dead things live. Now, notice what Abraham did. The word of the Lord comes to him and says, if you'll trust me. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Okay, we find that he begins to leave everything that he knows. He begins to take this journey. Then all of a sudden, the Lord begins to speak into him even more. You're going to bring forth a son. After everything looks impossible, and even after Sarah getting impatient, we find that the word of the Lord was spoken in such a manner that Abraham began to hold it in his heart and said, listen, God, I'm going to trust you. And then we find that Isaac is born. 
But even after a man that had operated and moved in faith, there come a time in his life, if you get to Genesis chapter 22, that his faith was tried and tested. Because the word of the Lord in Genesis 22 was to Abraham, simply said, I want you to go to the place that I'm going to show you, yonder on that mountain, and I want you to offer your only son Isaac to me. Anybody remember that story? But if you really read Genesis 22, he takes some servants with him. They go for three days. They get to this mountain where the Lord says it is. And then he stops and he says, here, stay with the animals. Me and this boy are going to go yonder and we are going to sacrifice unto the Lord. But we will come again. Notice he says we. Even in the midst of the trying of his faith, he said, I don't, what he was saying is this, I don't know what God's about to do, but God's about to do something because he promised me that. Now, notice, he said, we're going to go there. Now, they climb the mountain. Isaac looks over at his daddy and says this, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Now, there again, we find that Abraham, once again, staying with faith, he says, the Lord will provide. Even though the Lord had already told him, I want you to take your son and I want you to offer him. What he was saying is this, Lord, I understand that I don't understand everything, but I do understand this, that you are my source, that you are my provider, that you are the one that I'm going to put all of my trust in. And you know the story, when they got up there and laid him on the altar and he raises his knife back, the angel of the Lord simply says, Abraham, don't do no harm. Then all of a sudden, there's a ram caught in a thicket. What am I saying this morning is that we find that Abraham, not just once, but continually through his life, not only did he hear the word of the Lord, but get this, he put trust in the word of the Lord. I got to ask you this morning, are you not only hearing, but are you trusting? See, he hoped concerning the future as a result of his faith in the present. There's a lot of people saying that the future is just full of darkness. It's over. But I stand in the present in faith telling you that the future is about to be better than it's ever been. Even in the midst of darkness, in the midst of not knowing, I can stand here and tell you that there is a promise in the word when you go to the word that he simply says, I'm coming back for a glorious church. That means the church is getting ready to be pure, more powerful than it's ever been. But you and I got to be men and women of faith. Hear me this morning. Abraham not only had hope concerning the future as a result of his faith in the present. But notice, he refused to accept the evidence of his senses. Some of you don't have any joy or peace this morning. is because all of your senses is going every direction. Because you're letting everything in the natural dictate how you're feeling today. Because you heard something, or you saw something, or you smelled something, and the enemy's using all of your natural senses to get you into a state of panic and fear and anxiety and saying, I, you just ain't going to make it. But can I tell you, when you stand and you refuse to allow your senses to dictate who you are and say, you know what, I know in who I am. 
can I, can I just build your faith just for a moment? Uh, if you can say that I've given and surrendered my life to the Lord, can I remind you that you are a king's kid this morning? And he says that he will supply all of your needs uh, according to his riches in glory. It has nothing to do with this earthly realm whatsoever, but from the storehouse of heaven, uh, he has everything that you may have need of this morning. Uh, but you gotta have faith and believe. Uh, you cannot allow the natural uh, to dictate who you are. Uh, I gotta tell somebody this morning uh, that we are just pilgrims passing through. Uh, but can I tell you, we're nearer home than we've ever been. Uh, I'm talking about a land uh, that is prepared uh, for the bride of Christ. Uh, you gotta shake some stuff off uh, and just begin to believe. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, we are in a season of miracles this morning. Abraham refused to accept the evidence. Because he refused to accept it, therefore he did not waver in his commitment. You know, it's real easy to believe when everything's well, but when everything's not so well. You see, it's one thing to believe. When you hear the man of God say, Get ready, go get you a lamb, kill it in this fashion, put the blood on the door, because tonight there's going to be a separating and a dividing between Israel and Egypt. Okay, we'll do that. Well, then it was real easy when that destroyer began to come and all of a sudden they heard a cry go out. And they seen the firstborn dead on the other side of the street, but their house was all good and grand. Man, they didn't have a problem believing at all then. But just a few days later, after they had spoiled the Egyptians, after the Lord had taken them out by the way of the Red Sea, they're standing there and it looks like everything's over. They're letting their senses mess with them. And they're simply saying, man of God, why, why did you bring us out here to die? But they was just celebrating a few days ago. They had all the faith in the world. But now there's a dust cloud of the enemy behind them. There's a red sea in front of them. And what's the man of God do? He says, I think now it's just time for you to believe. That's a nice way of simply saying, just shut up and stand still. And he, by faith, get this. By faith, he responded to the word that was given to him and he took that rod and he stretched it out and what happened? A miracle working power of the presence of God began to be on display. I have told you in recent days, in recent weeks, that there is the reemerging of the rod of authority for the body of Christ, but somebody's gonna to have to have faith to pick it up and extend it. Listen, it's not about what we see naturally this morning, but it is about what we know in here and believe. Can I tell you that Abraham, he said, I refuse to accept what I see and hear, and therefore I'm not going to waver in my commitment, meaning this, I, I will not let anything deter me from putting my trust in the one that has been faithful to me. Therefore, i got to ask you, has he ever been faithful? Has he ever moved before? 
Has he ever healed you, ever delivered you, ever made a way for you, ever brought money into your, uh, into your hands? Has he ever been faithful to your family? If that's so, why are you letting all of the stuff of the hour keep you from believing and trusting that he's able to do what needs to be done now? See, he did not waver in his commitment, and therefore, get this, he rejoiced in the word as an accomplished fact. Even though he didn't see it, he said, you know what, I'm just going to believe it. How was he able to believe it? It's because of the simple fact he had experienced the faithfulness of God throughout his life. You see, I have no problem believing that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do because he's been faithful all of these years. Hear me. Hear me well this morning. My friend Dale Yurton says this. He says, scriptural faith is a condition of the heart, not the mind. It is in the present, not the future. It produces a positive change in behavior and experience. It is based solely on God's word and accepts the testimony of the senses only when it agrees with the text of God's word. It is expressed by confession with the mouth. What he's saying is this. He's saying, what I have learned through all of my years of ministry and life is this, that the only time that I let my senses dictate who or what I might be is when it is in alliance with what the word of the Lord is saying. We know that there's different levels of faith, and we know that not all men have faith. Because we find in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 2, simply tells us very clearly, tells us that not all men have faith but notice with me this morning as well we find that God gives to every believer the measure of faith not a measure as sometimes it's quoted but he gives every believer the measure of faith now what you do with that measure is totally up to you it's like a seed. You can plant it in your spirit, and you can nurture it. You can feed it. You can develop it and water it by the spirit and feed it with the word. And that measure of faith begins to grow. Or if you don't put the word in it, and you don't let the Holy Spirit water it, even though you planted it, it will begin to die. There are those this morning in this house, you have little faith. Some of you have great faith. Some of you may have perfect faith. Some of you might be like Paul and you have all faith. I want to hang out with you if you do. Listen, there is different levels of faith. We understand that. But one thing we need to really understand is this. How do we appropriate that faith? No matter if it's little or great or all, how do we really make it applicable to our lives, especially in the midst of everything that's going on presently? I want to give you just four things this morning. In order for faith to be active and to be beneficial in your life this morning, you first have to locate the promise in God's word 
that fits the need. Philippians 4, 19 says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay? But 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen and to the glory of God by us. But you have to locate the promise in God's word. Now I'm going to bring this to where it fits today in just a moment. But secondly, you have to do this. You have to fulfill all the conditions attached to that need. Isaiah chapter 1, we find a very interesting passage of Scripture. Verses 19 and 20 of Isaiah chapter 1 says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Notice, it says, If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Here's something I want you to remember very clearly today. Hebrews 11:6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? Most of you are familiar with that passage. Maybe you're not so familiar with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, where it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What am I saying? We must fulfill the conditions attached to the need of the very present moment that we find ourselves in. And we do that by being willing and obedient to the word of God concerning it. But then thirdly, with patience, we have to accept the trying of our faith. We have to allow God's testing of our faith to not discourage us, but to develop us. Hebrews 6, 12 through 15, let me give them to you very quickly. That you be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice, it is those that have faith and that has patience are the ones that inherit the promises. For when God made promises to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. There was a waiting there was a patience that was required for him to ever experience Isaac in his life. Notice, but not only must we locate the promise and fulfill the conditions concerning that need, and we must have patience and allow our faith to be tested, we also must firmly claim the fulfillment of the promise. What am I really saying to you today is when I look at this very present moment in our nation, I have to be honest with you, my heart is very heavy today. I love this nation. God is not done with this nation. There's a mandate upon it and God is getting ready to get glory in it. I believe that wholeheartedly. One of my favorite 
places to go and to be is to walk the National Mall of our nation. I've been there I don't know how many times. It's just a special place for me. I will walk it early in the mornings, and I've walked it at 2 o'clock in the morning. I've walked it at night. I've walked it in the middle of the day. I've walked it when it's 150 degrees. I've walked it when it's 20 degrees. It's just something. It's a special place. The reason that it's so special is because when I go and I look at the sacrifice and the price of freedom from one end to the other, and I see those that have defended it and fought for it, but today as I'm standing here, it is encased in fence and razor wire. It seems like everything is just upside down. That's not okay with me, okay? So therefore I realize this, my nation, it desperately needs healed. It desperately needs to have an encounter with God. So what do I do? The word of the Lord in recent days, in recent weeks, has just been you have to believe. You have to trust in me. You have to continue to believe in me. So I go back to a passage that most of you probably can quote in this room. So what do I do if these four principles that I just gave you, how do I appropriate my faith? What do I have to do in the midst when I see my nation in chaos? I have to go back to 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people will humble themselves and pray and will turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Notice, I just located the promise. Stay with me. He said, if I pray, if I turn, if I repent, that he will heal somebody else's land. He said he would heal my land. Okay? So now I have to fulfill the condition of the promise that's attached to that. What's the condition? It is simply this. I have to repent and I have to rest in humility and patience knowing this, that God is faithful. If I pray and turn and repent, I can say this. There has never been a movement of repentance in my lifetime like we are hearing and experiencing right now in this nation. In the latter parts of 2020, There has not been a prayer movement and a call to repentance like we are seeing even to this day. So therefore, not only am I finding the promise in the word of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, but I'm finding that I have to fulfill the condition. So right now, what I have to do is not just present, but I have to continue to make my petition known to the Lord. And my petition is this, as the saints of God, Lord, forgive us. Stay with me. And as we forget, and then we turn and say, God, let's self-examine. If there's something in my life that needs to be changed, Lord, I, I, I'm willing to change it. But now, then third thing is this, I have to do. I have to wait patiently and I have to accept the trying of my faith. Listen, God is not, not listening. God is just seeing if we're trusting. Right now, we're in a time of testing like we have never known. See... Come October, everybody was saying, God's about to do something. Listen, that cry has now became a whisper. 
but I'm going to keep whispering it. I'm going to keep crying it out, saying that God is going to do what needs to be done because his word is infallible. His word does not make a mistake, nor can it be wrong. That's what infallible means. And his word says that if his people, we didn't say if the nation would, but he said if my people, if the church would cry out and repent and would turn and begin to face him, that he is faithful. Now he's just saying, I have given you the promise, much like I gave Abraham the promise that he'd be a father of many nations, just like he'd be a father of Isaac. I gave him the promise, but now you had to go through. Listen, it's not always easy to wait. But as we go through the testing, we got to realize this. we got to go back where Abraham simply said this, I refuse to allow my senses to keep me into a place where I began to waver. And therefore, this morning, what I'm trying to tell you is we got to make sure that we're letting the Word of God lead us and direct us and not what we sense or hear or feel in the natural. And therefore, it takes us to this. We must firmly claim the fulfillment of the promise, meaning this, I resist the enemy, and I just do what the Lord himself told Darius to do. Do not bother him any longer. Your daughter is already dead. But Jesus turns, and he looks at Darius, and he simply says two words. Believe only. He said, don't doubt Don't give place to unbelief. Don't let your senses think about this. Jariah says in his mind, if I go to Jesus, I believe that he is able to heal my daughter. He gets him. He's walking with him. And then all of a sudden he hears, don't bother the master any longer. She's already dead. What about the senses going crazy right then? Emotionally, he's a wreck. Mentally, he's a wreck. He's hearing all of these things, but then he has to make a choice. Am I going to believe? Am I not? He's coming with me. He's with me right now. He chose to believe, and the miraculous began to happen. What am I saying this morning? There has got to be a refreshing and a renewal of your mind, and that only comes through going back to the Word of God. If there's ever been a time that you needed to have yourself in the word and to be along with God in times of prayer it is over the next three to five days in this nation and I'm just simply calling you to believe because I don't know about you this morning but I am serving a God that is a God of the impossible this thing that we find ourselves in is far greater than what we see naturally but this is a war. In this, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. But we're fighting against spiritual wickedness. Notice this in high places. So what does faith look like? In our Equipping for Harvest class on Sunday nights, I gave them a book to read. And the ones that have did their homework for the week, they'll recognize probably these two stories that I'm getting ready to give you. Here's what faith looks like. A Christian in India, while been skinned alive by his enemies, he turns to them and notice what he says to them. 
as they're skinning him alive, he simply says, I thank you for this, for tearing off my old garment, for I will soon put on Christ's garment of righteousness. Think about it. Here's what faith looks like. If you was to read the story of Christopher Love, he writes to his wife the following. Today, they will sever me from my physical head, but they cannot sever me from my spiritual head, Christ. And later that day, as he walked to his death, his wife began to applaud him, and he began to sing about the glory of God. Why? Because he did not let his natural senses keep him from understanding who he was. I want to tell you something. It's time to believe. And not just believe, to believe only. And you say, well, if I become a man of faith or a woman of faith, does that really have the ability to impact the world around me? Let me give you just a few examples very quickly. Because Abraham had faith, Isaac was born. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith and stood up to Nebuchadnezzar the king, notice a fiery furnace lost its ability to destroy. Because Hannah had enough faith to believe and cry out to God, a barren womb was made alive and she brought forth a prophet. Because Esther had faith to believe in her God, not only was she able to expose the plot of Haman, but she brought destruction and death to him and she saved a nation. Because Noah had faith, he was able to save his family. Because David had faith, Goliath was slayed with a sling and a stone. Notice, when a woman had an issue of blood and spent everything that she had in 12 years and she's at the point of death, but because she had faith in a moment, she was made whole. But one of the greatest, in my opinion, is that when blind Bartimaeus is by the side of the road and he simply begins to cry out, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody else says, just be quiet. And he cries more than loud, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. He comes to him and the Lord touches him and that which was in darkness begins to have light. Here's what I want to say to you prophetically this morning, that I believe there's a remnant of God's people that's getting ready to step out of darkness into light because of the faith that's been present in this land right now. God's about to touch some people, uh, and there's about to be an illuminating light uh, that begins to bring them, uh, and they begin to see things they have never known before. Can I tell you, we're standing on the premises of experiencing the glory of God, but we just need somebody uh, to begin to believe believe that God is still more than enough this morning. So don't sit here this morning full of doom and gloom and doubt and unbelief because I got to tell you the God that you serve, uh, he is still sitting on the throne uh, and he's still able uh, to meet you right where you are, uh, but you got to believe that he is. I will stand this morning and tell you that there is nothing that is able to separate you from the love of God except your own unbelief in him. 
But if somebody would be bold enough and brave enough to begin to believe uh, that God is still in control uh, and that there is nothing impossible with him, uh, listen, uh, if you would begin to do what Paul instructed Timothy to do, to reach down and to stir up the spirit uh, and the gift that's inside of you, you would not be walking around saying, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. But you'd begin to walk around and say, you know what, I'm preparing uh, because revival is coming. uh, Awakening is coming. uh, I want you to hear me today. uh, There is a moving of the Spirit of God uh, while we're sitting in the unknowns. uh, There are those that's not been in the house of God uh, for 30 plus years uh, and God is speaking to them in such a manner that he's messing up their world uh, and they're saying, oh, God's going to do something. uh, But the church is sitting saying, I don't know what's going on. We are finding more faith beyond the walls of the local church than we are in it. God help us, but also God forgive us. This morning, and I'm I'm closing in just a moment. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Can I tell you this? When we put our faith and trust in God, there is a way of escape from the corruption and the craziness of this world, and it's only found in Jesus. This morning, you can be full of doom and gloom if you choose. I pray you don't choose that because this is the most exciting time to be alive. We are on the brink of experiencing the power and the anointing of God that is going to usher in the return of Christ for his church. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe? There are those today that are really struggling, and I understand that because we're all human. There's a lot of unknowns, and in the midst of all of the disinformation, you have to go back to this. Hear me. This will never steer you wrong. This is the Logos Word of God. It is the written Word of God, and it will bring you peace It will bring you rest. It will bring you direction. It will bring you guidance. But at the same time, there is a rhema word of God that is going forth. And there is an all-out attack by the demonic forces of hell to get you to not believe the written word as well as the rhema word, which is the spoken word. And I'm going to say to you this morning, you have to let your spirit bear witness with the spirit of what you hear and what you take in. And I'm not saying that everything that says this or that is right. But I will say this, that there is a group of men and women in this nation today that have been along with God, and they are true prophets of God. And when your spirit bears witness with that spirit, you take it back and you make sure it lines up with the Word of God. But if it lines up with the Word of God, do not let your senses take you into a place of unbelief concerning it. But let your spirit man rise up and say, I'm going to do what Jeriah said. I'm going to believe only. Hear me. 
we are in a place today where a lot of people saying lots of things. What we need to hear is what is thus saith the Lord. And the Lord says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end. But he also says that no weapon formed against you can prosper. And he also says, these are not just words, but these are truths. These are promises that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But he also says, for the one that will believe, that will pray the prayer of faith, believing, touching any one thing, it shall be. Didn't say it could be. Said it shall be. There's some things that men don't want to happen, but it's going to happen. There's some men that says, this is how it's going to be. But they don't realize. They have forgotten. They have forgotten the God equation. This morning, while we're sitting here, the enemy is doing everything in his power to get us not to believe and trust the word of the Lord. But we're not the first generation to ever find ourselves standing at a Red Sea. Unfortunately, not every generation has experienced the Red Sea opening in front of them because of their unbelief. I would hate to think that we can't experience our Red Sea moment and experience the blessings and the power and the faithfulness of God because of our own unbelief. So today, I'm simply just calling you to believe. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm not asking you to believe any particular person. I'm just simply asking you to believe what does the word of the Lord say concerning you, your family, your community, your nation, the nations of the world. It simply says that in Matthew 24 and other places throughout Scripture, it simply says that when you begin to hear of wars and rumors of wars and you see all the stuff that we see going on around us, pestilence and disease and all this, he says, he says, listen, he said, you're finding yourself going into a different season. We've been in that season for some time. But he simply says, then you go over and you read in other places in Scripture, it says that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. So that tells us where we're at right now. So if that's where we're at, we also have to look at the promises of God concerning that time. And he says that in the last days, I'll do what? I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters, servants and handmaidens. What am I saying? This morning, in the midst of where we find ourselves, it can be some of the most difficult times. But at the same time, it can be some of the most greatest times but only if you believe. So young and old alike this morning, as they come to the piano today, get ready just to take us to what I believe is the most important part of this service today. Is to take us to a place where we have to make a decision, and that is, will I believe? Will I believe in the word of the Lord this morning? 
Will I believe in what the world is telling me? Will I believe in all of the disinformation campaigns? Will I believe in what my eyes or my ears are saying, hearing? Or will I believe in what God's saying? I stand here today believing and trusting completely in Jesus Christ and His Word. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what it's all going to look like. But I stand here knowing this, that God is everything that His Word says He is. We find that on top of that mountain, Abraham, after having an encounter with his knife reared back, and after hearing the crying of the ram in the thicket. And after grabbing it and bringing it and sacrificing unto the Lord, he then simply says this, this is, you are Jehovah Jireh. He was simply saying, it's the first time he's ever mentioned that. That name was given. He said, you are my provider. In this faith journey, he come to the place where he realized no matter what he encountered, no matter where he found himself, that the Lord was his source. This morning, I want to tell you that no matter what it may look like in your life, no matter what challenge you may have, no matter what opposition you may be facing, no matter what the doctors have said, no matter what the report may look like, he is still our provider. So what is he able to provide? Rest, peace, healing, deliverance. No matter what we may have need of this morning, he is able. And that's why I'll give you, I'll give you this one last scripture this morning. Because when you go back to Romans 4 and he simply says, it was not just imputed to Abram, but it was also for us who will also believe and trust in the Lord. If you read the very first verse of chapter 5 of the book of Romans, it says, Therefore, been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not God's will for you to be so anxious and full of anxiety today because of all of the unknowns of our world. But we have the ability to have peace. You can take those that have hundreds of millions of dollars in their bank account today. And they've got everything that the world has to offer. But so many times we see them by the age 30 in such a place of desperation that they go to the extremes and they take their life. We saw this week the CEO of a major corporation that had great success just a couple of days ago. I don't know his story. I just know how his story ended. He walked out of a high-rise building in New York City and he jumped to his death. Was it because of lack of money? 
wasn't because of lack of fame, wasn't because of lack of what the world could offer, it was because of lack of peace. In the midst of everything that's going on, got to have peace. Because when you have peace, you're in a place of rest. And when you're in a place of rest, you can hear what thus saith the Lord. And what the Lord would say to you right now this morning is this, I'm still here. I'm still present. I'm still moving. I'm still doing everything that needs to be done. I'm still in control. Listen. Right now, there's a peace that passes all understanding for the one that will just put their faith and trust in Jesus. If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, please hear me. Maybe this is just for one person. I don't know. But if you'll put your faith in Christ, everything's going to be all right. You don't have to worry. Listen, it's not, it's not all going to come crumbling down tomorrow. It's not all going to come crumbling down Tuesday. It's not all going to come crumbling down Wednesday. No matter what happens in our nation over this next week, God's in control. But at the same time, if things do begin to go sideways and you start seeing things that you've never saw in your lifetime, it's not a time to panic. It's a time to rest and know that God is. And even when you don't understand what you see and hear, just say, God, I'm trusting. God, I'm believing. And as you do that, we're going to begin to hear began to feel the wind of his spirit I'm going to stand by what I've said in this house multiple times by the time the flowers began to bloom in the spring there's going to be a lot of things blooming in the church that the world is not counting on some of you are about to have an encounter with God like you've never known there's a freshness of His Spirit that's coming to you. You just got to believe and trust. He's not going to abandon you. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. But He brought you this far. And He's going to be faithful to take you all the way home. But until we get home, let's be found faithful. Sharing the greatest message. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's be the example that he's called us to be. Let's be the salt and the light of the world in which we live. And let's walk in faith. And let's believe. And let's see the salvation of the Lord. The man of God standing by the Red Sea simply said this, just stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Just believe. I'm just going to ask you to stand still. 
as we stand all over the house this morning, I want you to just believe. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to ask you just a couple of questions and we're going to pray. Maybe you're here this morning and there's a situation in your life that you really need an answer to. I'm not going to ask you what it is. That's between you and God this morning. But you say there's a, there's a situation in my life that I just really need direction and guidance. I just really need something to change. As you're thinking of that thing this morning, i got to ask you the question, do you believe that God is able? If you believe, I'm going to ask you to come. Stand across the front of this building. We're going to pray with you. Maybe you're one that's here and you're kind of troubled and just perplexed about everything that you've seen happen in our nation. And really, it's infuriated you and it's caused you unrest, anxieties. And you say, and you've tried to figure it all out and you just keep coming up with less answers. But I want to ask you, do you believe that God is in control and that God is able to do what needs to be done this morning. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come as well. Because there has never been a more important time for the Christian in America to believe, for God to do what needs to be done. Listen, I'm not, I'm not on either side of the aisle because I'm mad at all of them. Every one of them's disappointed me. I just mad at all of them. It's not about that for me. What it is about is that this nation and its mandate for God to reach a world. But I'm here to tell you, evil cannot go unchecked. Somebody's got to lay between the porch and the altar cry out for righteousness and there is such exposing and there is such spiritual warfare taking place today but we the church have the power and the ability to bring a calm and an assurance to a nation that's in shambles today but you're going to have to believe. Maybe you've been distraught for loved ones and family members. I want to ask you, do you believe that in this time that God can save them and make them awaken to their senses? Do you really believe that? If you do, I want you to believe for them this morning. Here's what I will stand and tell you. I'll tell you what's on my heart this morning, what I'm believing for. First thing I'm believing for in this nation, I'm believing for an absolute turnaround where evil is going to continue to be exposed and death is coming to those in high places that have rebelled and blasphemed against God. I believe that with all of my heart and I stand and I'm believing that this nation once again is going to glorify God. I believe that wholeheartedly. But at the same time I'm believing that, I'm believing that my lost loved ones this year is going to come to know Jesus. God is already touching their hearts. I have family members 
that have reached out to me in recent days and I had to double check my phone to make sure I was reading it right because I said, that ain't them. That ain't them. But God, touching, moving, and said, God, I'm believing. I'm believing. Listen, I believe that by the end of this year, I'm going to have family members that's not in the house of God today that will be standing. They don't even have to be in this house. I don't care what house they go to. As long as it's a Bible-leaving church, I don't care. But I believe they're going to be standing in the house of God somewhere by the end of this year, and they're going to be exhorting the things of God. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe they're going to step into their giftings and callings. I'm believing for young people this morning that by the end of this year, they're going to know exactly what their calling and their gifting is, and they're going to be operating in it. That's what I'm believing for. So this morning I'm going to ask, is there anybody in this building that will believe with me today? I'm believing for healing and miracle working power to once again come to the sanctuary of God. So I just want to ask you today, if you're willing to believe for something with me this morning, I'm going to ask you to come, step out, step out of your seat, come join me in front of this building. We want to pray corporately together this morning. I know it was a little different today. I didn't didn't get too excited on you today but I'm standing here today telling you that if you'll believe if you'll believe see our senses are very powerful our Things around our world are very powerful in persuading us to believe certain things. But today, there is nothing more powerful than the word of truth. He loves us this morning. And he's desiring to move on our behalf today. But will we believe? So whatever that issue may be in your life, in your family... Whatever you may need God to move in right now, I just want you to believe right now as you begin to pray, and I'm going to pray with you. We're joining our faith together. I want you to just begin to tell him, say, Lord, I know that you're going to move. I know you're going to be what needs to be in my life in this situation. Father, dear, we come before you this morning, believing and trusting today, oh, that you are our source and our strength. Lord, we stand today knowing that Faith is the key to the supernatural. And Father, today we believe. We believe that your word is true. We believe that you are our source and our strength. We believe that there is nothing impossible for you and with you. And Lord, we pray today that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I pray for every family that's represented here today. Lord, I pray that whatever need they may have, whatever situation they may be dealing with today, Lord, I pray that faith would begin to arise and that they would know that there is nothing too hard for you. And Lord, I pray if there has been opposition and friction around those issues and situation that there would just begin to be the unraveling of that which the enemy has tried to bring 
And Lord, that there would begin to be a manifestation of your power and of your glory. And Lord, let it just be a testimony of your goodness to them. Lord, for the one that may need a healing touch today, I just pray and decree healing over them. Lord, we know Sister Mary Lou not able to be with us today. Lord, she needs a touch in her body. Lord, I just pray right now you'd touch her right where she is. Lord, for nothing's too hard for you. Lord, the one that may need a financial miracle today, Lord, I pray that you'd give them creative thinking. Lord, I pray that you'd give them favor in business, give them promotion and increase. Lord, those that may need direction on the job or need a new job, Father, I pray that you would just guide their steps. But Lord, let them cry out to you and Lord, let them follow your word concerning the needs that they may have. Lord, we pray for our church family. Lord, we just pray for increase of your spirit. Lord, we pray just for increase, Lord, of sensitivity to your Holy Spirit and to your word. Pray for revelation knowledge to come. Lord, we pray for our community. We pray for our nation today. Lord, we lift up our president administration, we lift up those in Congress and the Senate. Lord, we pray for our military personnel that's all across this nation and around the globe. Lord, we push back darkness today and we decree and declare light. We command the enemy's hand to be stayed And we stand and we pray in faith believing that your will will be accomplished and done concerning our nation and concerning your church in it. Lord, I pray for every pastor, every evangelist, every prophet, every teacher, every individual that makes up the laity of your body. I just pray for strength and comfort and clarity in this season. Lord, help us today. Help us, Lord, to just trust in you. In your word it says that when you've done all that you know to do, just stand. Lord, we're just standing. We're standing and believing. We're believing only, Lord. We're not giving room to doubt and unbelief. But, Lord, we stand in faith today. And, Lord, I thank you for revival. I thank you for the awakening. I thank you for the moving of your spirit that's touching the hearts of the wayward children even now. I pray this morning, Lord, as I stand with your people. Lord, I, I, I don't just pray to pray, but I, I pray this morning because I trust in you and I believe in you and I know you're faithful. And Lord, I thank you for all the times that you've moved. Lord, I thank you for all the times that you've been present. I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your provision. Oh, I thank you for Calvary. Lord, I know you're not just a God of yesterday. 
but you're the God of today. And Lord, your word says that if we ask according to your word, according to your will, Lord, it is at your will that any man should perish. Lord, that's why we're asking for revival. Lord, it's not your will for this nation to go down in defeat because, Lord, you have a, you have a mandate upon her. And that's why we're praying, Lord, even while we don't deserve it. Oh, God, we don't deserve it. But, Lord, we're praying that you would extend your grace and your mercy to us. Help us, Lord, to arise from the ashes. Help us, Lord, to be the illuminating light, not just to our own citizens, but to the citizens of the globe. Lord, I'm praying that you would just not let us continue to be a breadbasket to the world naturally, but you would help us to be the breadbasket of the world spiritually. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing and what you're getting ready to do. And Lord, this morning, as we prepare to leave your house but not your presence, we're going to go out just worshiping you because you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord, the one that may just be weary and tired and overwhelmed today, Lord, I just pray peace right now would come to them. Let rest just come over this congregation of individuals right now. Those that are watching us today, and Lord, I pray that as they hear and experience, Lord, that rest would enter into right where they are as well. We do not give place to a spirit of fear, but we stand boldly in your presence. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for staying the hand of the enemy. Thank you for making a way when there seems to be no way. Lord, we promise today publicly that we will give you all the glory and all the praise for what you're about to do. I thank you for encouraging that one that may be a little, just a little unsettled today. Lord, as they walk from this house, they're going to be refreshed and they're going to be renewed right now. I believe the Holy Spirit's just resting in the stillness. Lord, thank you. Thank you for resting upon us today. Now I pray that you would lead us, you'd guide us, that you'd direct us. That your face would shine brightly upon us and give us blessed peace. Help us, Lord, to be found faithful. Help us, Lord, to not miss opportunity this week to share the greatest message that you love, that you save, that you deliver, and that you set free. Lord, guide our steps in such a way that we'd share our faith and that life should be transformed and changed. We pray all of this in your precious name, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the church says, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you.
Hello everybody, we just want to come to you today and say thank you so much for taking some time to watch us. Um, we hope that this message was encouraging and a blessing to you. Um, feel free to private message us and follow us on all social media platforms that will be listed below. Thank you guys and have a great day.